Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. I'm proud to say we're in our 22nd year on Voice America, and this is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. And today we're talking about something called... Well, there's a lot of things. We're talking about languaging and we're talking about appreciation and we're talking about what it all means in the workplace. So are you a professional or a leader in the workplace and striving to inspire great performance and retain top talent? Or are you someone, a team member in the workplace and you still want to have harmony and camaraderie with your team members, right? And so what's important here is employee recognition. And just recognition that we're worthy and that we're valued. Okay. And sometimes we think appreciation is one size fits all, you know, like, gee, thank you. And that's enough. Well, for some people, it isn't. So today, what we're talking about is a book. We're talking to Dr. Paul White and Alicia Alexander. Dr. Paul White is co author alongside Dr. Gary Chapman of the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And the five languages of appreciation in the workplace delves into the profound impact that personalized appreciation can have on employee morale and engagement. And they talk about how you can authentically express your your gratitude and your appreciation, but in a way that that person can receive it. And this is based on research and experience. And Dr. Paul White is a psychologist, author, speaker, and consultant. He's worked with Microsoft, Miller's Core, NASA, the Million Dollar Roundtable, Princeton University, Dartmouth College, many national organizations. And for the past 20 years, he's improved numerous businesses and government agencies. And he's taught around the world, all over the world. And as we said before, Dr. White is joined by Alicia Alexander. She's the owner of Make a Difference Consulting, and her coaching organization helps professionals understand their strengths and helps people to foster positive communication in the workplace. So what we're talking about today is this really great book, again, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Now, if you've heard those love languages before. It's because it's this book is based on the New York Times bestselling book, The Five Love Languages. And we've taken this now into the workplace. So welcome, Dr. Paul White, and welcome, Alicia Alexander. Thank you, Patricia. All right. So, Dr. White, let's talk, first of all, what those five languages are and how they apply in the workplace. It was a bestseller, so it applied to so many people's personal lives. But right. we're the same person, so can and apply in many situations. Yeah, so the, the five languages of appreciation are the same in name as the five love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, uh, acts of service, tangible gifts, and yes, even physical touch, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, but they look differently, obviously, because the context is different. The type of relationship is different. Let me just give you a brief example of each one, and then we can sort of go from there. Uh, words of affirmation is pretty simple. They're words that are affirming. Um, and one of the differences that we talk about between appreciation and recognition is that appreciation is about the person. It's not just solely about performance, because we believe people have value beyond what they do or produce. And so... Uh, it can be uh, just a compliment for something that they did that was helpful to you, or it could be about their character, that they're dependable, or they're sort of cheerful and fun to be around. And the key really is to be specific. Uh, we got, I don't know, 80,000 plus people on our newsletter, and we ask polls occasionally. And one thing that people don't really like to hear is good job, because it's too vague and mm-hmm. generic, yeah. doesn't really mean anything. So uh, words of affirmation, uh, clearly is uh, well-received in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Quality time is the second one. 
And it's one of the things we've done research over time and found generationally there's a difference. For those of us that are older, myself included, uh, quality time uh, typically has meant uh, individual time and focused attention with our supervisor or manager, either you know, getting input from them uh, or being able to ask questions. For younger employees, however, we found that uh, it's more about time with their peers. It's more collegial time, hanging mm-hmm. out, going out to lunch, maybe going out after work and so forth. Um, third language is acts of service. And it's not rescuing a low-performing colleague. Rather, it's those uh, situations where uh, it would be really helpful for your day to get a little help, you know, whether that's that you're working on a time-limited project and Mm -hmm. you're just banging away and what's something somebody could do to help out. Uh, Or if you're in a service-oriented kind of setting where a whole bunch of people show up once at the front desk and how Mm -hmm. can they help out, whether that's answer the phone or uh, you know, handle your emails for a while or whatever. So okay. uh, there's that tangible gifts in our model is not compensation. It's not bonuses or raises. It's really small things that show that you're getting to know your colleague and what they like, what they prefer, maybe bringing in their favorite cup of coffee or bringing in a snack that they like could be uh, finding a magazine about a hobby that they're pursuing. Maybe they're going to plant a, uh, a flower garden this spring, or they're starting to coach their kid in soccer and you find some resource that way. And then physical touch is always the one that uh, people are interested uh, in. Um, touch in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. And But we, Dr. Chavin and I talked about it and he uh, has studied anthropology and really felt like we didn't want to just advocate a touchless society, even in the workplace, because there are times and relationships that it can be appropriate, especially in healthcare and in, you know, caring long-term yes. seniors and also culturally differs. I mean, you're in the Northeast. I've done some work in the New York area and it's sort of, you know, for guys, at least it's sort of a nod across the room and sort of, Hey, you know, that kind of thing. But for our Latin and Hispanic friends, maybe Southern Italian, uh, they're more physical and maybe greet with a, 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 you know, kiss on the cheek. And so not having any kind of touch can feel sort of cold but largely it's just spontaneous celebration, right? It's a high five when you finish a project, maybe a fist bump if you solve a problem or a congratulatory handshake. So mm-hmm. it's there. We just need to be aware of it, but we don't uh, focus on it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, and the reason that I said that to you that it's tough is because I do some um, workshops on sexual awareness prevention. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, it's it's tough. If, if you put your arm on someone's shoulder, unless you really know them, you have to be careful. Yep. So, um, you know, but you gave some great examples with the fist bump and, you know, the, the and even sometimes just blowing a kiss. I've done that to people, you know, I'll, just, yeah, I'll blow them a kiss. But so, Alicia, I know that you are, um, you're becoming certified as a trainer in, and a consultant in using these five languages in the workplace. Um, what drew you to this, Alicia? And what do you like about it? Well, excuse me, as a doctoral student at Grand Canyon University, uh, my major is organizational leadership with an emphasis on organizational development. So working with work culture and how the work culture affects both management and staff is my expertise. Um, I like it because I like the work of Dr. Paul White and Dr. Chapman because it speaks to what I'm studying and how I can advance their work is my my mission and my goal. Um, I enjoy talking about um, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, the book, uh, to colleagues um, on networking um, events and um, in the general public. It's received very well. Have you had anybody come to you and say, you know, I've utilized this or this has really been helpful to me? Yes, yes. I, I was at a networking function not so long ago, and when I talked about the book itself, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, um, I did say that it was based on the five love languages, and they, the person iterated that um, you know they had studied, had looked and read, read the five love languages, and they were curious about how it applies to the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, 
What I want to do, uh, Dr. White, is just tell people how they can get the book first. Sure. It's it's anywhere you buy books. It's on Amazon and other kinds of websites. Our website, uh, where we actually have a shopping cart, and I think you can get it for less, is appreciationatwork.com. It's the word at, not the at sign, but appreciationatwork.com. And that has both the book as well as our online assessment and training materials available. Right. And so people can take an online test about this. Yeah, we actually developed uh, what's called the Motivating by Appreciation Inventory, um, which uh, uh, a code for taking it comes with the book or you can buy codes for your team. Uh, We've had 400,000 people worldwide take it. It's in nine languages. Wow. Um, It identifies each person's primary language of appreciation, their secondary one, those two Together could be quite uh, powerful. Are you finding there's one that stands out? I mean, are more people gravitating toward one or two? Yeah. yeah. So right, yeah, let me guess. Have- Wait a minute. Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> um, acts of service. Well, well I, I it, I'm a little, you know, I'm going to look at the one that I like. Yep. I would say either acts of service or words of appreciation. Yeah. So um, in the U.S., because uh, we use it in different yeah. countries, but in the U.S., 46% of employees choose words of affirmation. So it's uh-huh. a big group. Yes. <laughs> but I tell leaders, it's less than half of your employees. So if you only yeah. use words, and that's sort of a misconception that some leaders have is they think appreciation is just words. If that's all you do, then you're sort of miss the target with uh, half of your team. So words of affirmation is 46 Quality time is about 26, so one out of every four employees. Uh, Access service is 21, so about one out of every five. Tangible gifts is an interesting one. It's only 7%, yet that's what sort of rewards and recognition programs really focus on. And so, I mean, people will take your stuff and money, but it doesn't necessarily make them feel valued as an individual because it wasn't designed to do that. Um, Now, um, Dr. Paul. Yes. In, in discussing those um, the five topics, um, we I found that many people would gravitate to one specifically because we do all have a primary and a secondary. Right. But um, what I'm trying to communicate is that you know they, especially in my last networking session that I was in, um, they gravitate to it and then they apply it to their specific job. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Because one person was talking about how when they are um, a remote um, worker, how it applies to them and having quality time. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. And actually, we found one research study we found is that um, remote employees tend to prefer quality time more. It moves from 26 to 36 percent. It's still about the same as words, but it changes. And. You raise an important point, Alicia, that um, we found that just knowing a person's language isn't sufficient, that also knowing the specific actions is important, and those actions differ across work settings. So an act of service is different for somebody who works in an office versus a teacher in a school versus a nurse in a hospital. So as part of our inventory, we identified the actions that people want, Mm -hmm. because like I said, younger people don't necessarily want time with their supervisor. Uh, but they want to hang out with their friends. So if you misinterpret that or apply it, uh, you're still going to sort of miss the target. Okay. Did you state um, what it was for physical touch? I don't it's remember. Less one, it's less than 1%. I don't really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so we actually don't include physical touch in the inventory because it's so low and there's sort of that high negative response. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. but yeah, it's less than 1% of people's choice. So the highest percentage is the words of affirmation. Yes. Yeah, with that, which is what I thought. Uh, personally, I have found in my own life, and I teach a lot of this, it, it really goes a long way. People, it makes such a difference, and it's such a simple thing. Just to say thank you, that meant a lot to me. You know, yeah. you really made a difference. You know, I looked up what you said, and it really helped me. Uh, I just find it it does make a huge difference for people. Absolutely. And, and, we can talk about that a lot of people, another sort of misconception leaders have is that the goal of appreciation isn't just to make somebody feel good, uh, that we actually have a lot of research that shows how it really makes the organization function better. I use sort of the example of 
oil in an engine, you know, it, in an engine, you have parts that have to work together and without oil, there's friction and heat and it gets stuck, takes more energy and appreciation really helps the team work together and Gallup and others, Boston Consulting Group, we have a lot of good research that shows uh, positive uh, um, effects on the organization as far as productivity, profitability, reduced turnover, uh, increased employee, uh, yes. I'm sorry, customer ratings and, and so forth. Well, don't you think that relates to a basic need if we all want to feel valued? That's a Absolutely. core basic need, yeah. right? We all want to feel safe and connected, but we want to feel valued. Yeah, really interesting. Um, okay, we're going to take a break in a minute. Alicia, anything you'd like to add to this? Yes. Um, in recognizing or appreciating our colleagues and our work team, um, we, we address the need of intrinsic value. And so having intrinsic value and recognizing that we all have that is important. And I, that's what I like the appreciation for. Yes. Thank you so much. Great. Great. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Dr. Paul White and Alicia Alexander again about the five languages of appreciation. And again, this is based on the number one New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. So uh, really happy to talk to Dr. Paul White, who is co-author um, with Dr. Gary Chapman of the five love languages of appreciation in the workplace. And we will have Alicia Alexander also, and um, very happy to have her. And she's the owner of Make a Difference Consulting and helps people understand their strengths to foster positive communication in the workplace. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we are talking about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And if you've heard that word before, the five languages or the five love languages, it was a New York Times bestseller. 
and still is, the five love languages. And now we've brought this into the workplace, the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, and co-authored by Dr. Paul White, who's with us today, as well as uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. And Today, we have with us Dr. Paul White and also Alicia Alexander. She's the owner of Make a Difference Consulting. And we're talking today about the book and how we can get feel more appreciated in the workplace. Um, based on their extensive research and expertise, Dr. Paul White and Dr. Gary Chapman have developed unique ways for organizations to positively motivate in the workplace, leading to increased job employee satisfaction, performance, and trust. And Dr. Paul White has spoken all over the world for many organizations and major, major companies. And he's improved numerous organizations and government agencies and nonprofit organizations as well. So welcome back, Dr. Paul White and Alicia Alexander. Okay. Thanks. Glad to be with you. Dr. White, let's um actually what I want to do is focus on the last sentence I said because I think this is the key. You've developed unique ways for organizations to positively motivate in the workplace, leading to increased job satisfaction, performance, and trust. And what I have often found in workshops is where the, where the problem comes is many times team members don't feel informed. They've been called to a meeting at the last minute. They didn't know. Or all of a sudden they have a mandatory training. Well, why do I have this? What do we do wrong? Someone complained. You're not telling us. And so, and it it really does, uh, it causes a doubt, and it, then it causes a mistrust. So please speak to that. Yeah. So Patricia, what we found is that um, when team members feel valued and appreciated, then a, a lot of things go well and better, uh, a sense of trust. Because when we don't feel valued, then we feel like we're sort of on edge. We don't know where we stand. Um, and we sort of have to feel defensive. We have to uh, sort of battle about things. One of the things that we found is that when people feel valued, a lot of conflict just sort of floats away, especially over stupid little things yes. like what size your monitor is or whether you have a yes. window or your parking spot or whatever. Because when they don't feel valued, they're sort of grasping for that. But when they do feel valued, it becomes less of an issue. And a key part of this for us is we found that it's not just the supervisor or the manager communicating this. It's not top down. It's not driven by the organizational chart, but it's peer to peer, colleague to colleague. And so we really focus on training uh, team members uh, how to show appreciation and authentic appreciation uh, to one another. I tell people, I'm not here to show you or teach you how to look like you appreciate somebody. We're going to uh, really get with uh, the issue. And, and some people are harder to appreciate than others. And we deal with that. And how do you grow in your appreciation for somebody uh, when you're struggling with that. Yeah, Paul, that go ahead. Um, go ahead. I yeah. wanted to um, just chime in on that. Um, one of the basic needs that I see in this scenario is communication. If when we speak about authentic appreciation, we're just addressing the need of communicating and how to communicate between colleagues and supervisors. Um, as a young person, when I was first started working, I had I was working for a very well-known um, organization. And where I heard the negativity was among people who I kind of admired. And the negativity had to do with the job itself. You know, this is not worth it. This is, you know, getting on my nerves. You know, it's just... In the other words that I'm not going to choose to use right now. But I feel that if we can communicate, and this is why I love your book, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, um, it addresses how to communicate, how to be effective in communication between colleagues and supervisors as well. Yes, thank you. Dr. White, how do you go about working in groups when someone says, I know I need to appreciate that person and I just don't like them. You know, I'm, I'm having trouble. Right. How, how do you deal with that when you're, when well, you're teaching? There's sort of two scenarios that we've found are common. First of all, it's often maybe a second level supervisor that they 
they're over, let's say they're a manager and they're over your supervisor and they really don't know what the frontline worker does. They see them. I had a situation where I said this guy keeps flitting from office to office. Well, it turns out he was setting up the computer network in the offices and that was his job. And so the the, the manager didn't really know it. So first you got to know what they do and talk to their colleagues yeah. about what they do well. But the, I think the more important one is when you don't appreciate or you're struggling because somebody's different. And, and I've had that struggle. To be honest, I'm not from the biker community, you know, sort of like motorcycles. And I've worked in, you know, hardcore kind of uh, construction uh, work, consulting. And but spending some time with the person and getting to know them, um, mm-hmm. where they came from, what they like to do, what their life is like now. Often it creates a touchstone, uh, uh, you know, a touching point that it allows you to connect some and also to better understand them. So I think a little bit of time sharing and it includes me sharing or, you know, uh, being open about, you know, I have four kids and I have a bunch of grandkids and, you know, that kind of thing uh, that really helps. So what you're talking about is biases, is checking your own biases and understanding what they are. You look at someone, you see where they are or who they're talking to and you make a judgment. And so then right away it separates you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Alicia, anything to add to this about getting to know someone and sometimes biases? Um, What I would like to say is that uh, what I want to say is that you know, when we know how to communicate and and talk with um, our colleagues in the workplace, using appreciation as a tool helps to develop that relationship. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that's very. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, and one of the things we found is it doesn't take much. I mean, worked with organizations where people have a lot of people in their department, or whatever. And one of the things that we found, if you find out uh, their language and the action that's important to them, it just one small thing can make a big difference. It's not like you have to sort of compliment them or throw a party that, hey, Patricia showed up for work today, you know, kind of thing every day. Um, And so and and like I said, sometimes it's just going and hanging out with them or inviting them to lunch. It's not about words. Absolutely. Now we have a caller. We but uh, just want to say we have a caller um, from Florida. So let's take that call. And then Alicia, then we'll uh, certainly want to hear your comments. Yes. Yes. We have a call from Florida. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Yes. What I would like to say is thank you so much for this uh, show. It's really very important what what you all are discussing. When Dr. White said that 7% is the one for tangible gifts, that was a shocker to me because uh, in the workplace, the people always say they want a bonus, they want this, they want that, and the other. And I always said, I don't think that that's the answer. I always believe more in word of affirmation. So he just gave me the correct, <laughs> the correct validation to stand on that point that, you know, gifts are not exactly the answer. It's more appreciating the people and then the gift, not the gift first. And then when yeah. uh, uh, Ms. Alicia said about the intrinsic value, that's what it is. I always said, I will work like a nurse. I am in the, in the healthcare field. But I need the appreciation. Not that you have to be telling me all the time, oh, I'm good. But I just want you to appreciate the work that I'm doing. And then it, that's, that's the most thing that I need. Now, after a while, I do appreciate any raise or any bonus or any gift. So one does not negate the other, just potentiate the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you. And um Dr. White, do you have anything you'd like to add to that, particularly with what she's saying is that she feels that words of appreciation hold more weight and are stronger than the gifts and that they should come first. Your thoughts? Well, that's true. But there are people that value gifts. But let me let me give a tip on giving a gift that will make a difference in the workplace. It's about uh, that the gift. It really is uh, the saying it's the thought that counts. It's not how much you spend on it. It's that you got to know them, what they like, a hobby they have, and you took the time to find something that directly relates to them. 
we waste a lot of money in the workplace, especially at the holidays, sending fruit baskets from one company to the next. It's really person to person rather than company to company. Yeah. Thank you for your call. Alicia, do you want to add anything to what the caller, uh, the caller's question? What what I wanted to share is that um, I think from region to region, appreciation is different. I found that in in, in New England, um, mostly in where where I live right now, which is the state of Rhode Island, um, it's very family-based. So you respect a person by respecting their families. Um, When I lived in the Washington, D.C. area, the Northern Virginia area, quality time was really like um, going out to the local restaurants um, after work, happy happy hour time with the organization that you work with. Um, If it's just the salespeople or um, everybody was invited to go out and have a good time. So um, valuing appreciation in the workplace de- really depends on where you live. Yeah. Dr. White, your yeah, comments about that. So that reminded me the family orientation. One of the things that we found that's very impactful is when, let's say if somebody's been having to work long hours on a project and um, going home late and all that, a note from the supervisor to that person's family mm-hmm. can be quite meaningful and saying, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing your husband or wife or your dad or your mom with us. We know that they put mm-hmm. in a lot of extra hours and they did a great job. And so being able to communicate that appreciation of the person's family, obviously they're yes. going to hear back about that, but that can be a, a, a really yeah. meaningful. Uh, I, I just want to share one thing. It's It's a personal thing, but it really struck the chord of what you were saying about something so little. So um, with my significant other, you know, we'll go out to dinner, we'll go out to a beautiful meal, and that's all fine, right? What do I get the thank you for? When I took, when I made the sandwich and wrapped it up and put it in the refrigerator, and it was right there, and he said to me, thank you so much for making me that sandwich today. Really? <laughs> that was what I got the thank you for. Yeah, yeah. Is that interesting? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because... One of the things we do in our training, we have a, an activity where we have people pair up with one another and share their primary language and then the action within that language. And so people might have the same language and different actions. And then we ask them to share, why is that action important to you? What, you know, what makes about that makes you feel valued? Yeah. And yeah. lots of times it, it's very deep into their family history of you know, my mom would rub my back when I was going to bed at night, or my dad would read a story to me. And I, that was the time that I got with him. And so it's, it's interesting to hear and see how it really ties down to uh, yeah. our deep emotions. But again, uh, it's, it's interesting how it takes very little to make an impact. Yes. Um, and especially when teams start to communicate to one another, we've seen uh, lots of, when we have research that shows how Productivity goes up and absenteeism goes down. Um, people stick around. Clearly, staff turnover is a big issue that we deal with. Um, and, and so it's just neat to see that that positive impact. Yeah, it really is. And I think going back to that, I think it's that personal thing of, gee, you cared about me. You thought about me. You took that extra little step to make that for me. So I think, yeah, as you said, great. Um, Alicia. I think that's true. You know, just being able to appreciate one another and talk about our history as people, um, where we came from. Um, For myself, I came from, I was born in the Caribbean. And so living in Rhode Island and being able to work among Rhode Islanders, you know, I I look at it as if everybody is related and so you have to respect who you're, you're, who you're dealing with because you don't know who they're related to, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think that's true. And that has comes into diversity and bias and something we're talking a lot about in the workplace. Yes. Dr. White, um, where can people get the book again, please? Or, or yeah. any of your classes or anything that you, that you offer that you'd like the audience to know about? Yeah, so we actually have a, a YouTube channel. It's Appreciation at Work. Um, and then, uh, again, our website is appreciationatwork.com. And, you know, we have 
uh, books. It's there. It's in, been translated in 24 languages. We've sold 600,000 copies. We wow. have our assessment that's been taken by 400,000. We have um, a training. One of the things I grew up professionally in the not-for-profit and uh, social service world where people give a lot, but they don't have money for training. So I wanted to create low-cost, uh, effective training resources. So we have a train-the-trainer course that people can take and use repeatedly within their organization and all they need uh, in addition to that. And, and yeah, and Alicia is one of our certified trainers uh, mm-hmm. that, that can provide those services in, in the Northeast. And then all they need is to have people take the inventory and, and they can go through that and, and learn how to, uh, how one another want to be shown appreciation and start to implement that. Right. Uh, Alicia, um, is there a, a website or a link or a YouTube link that you'd like to give people for you? Sure. Um, MakeADifferenceConsulting.com. But I wanted to uh, pick up on what Dr. Paul White said about the training. It's valuable. Um, I enjoyed going through the training. Uh, I enjoyed the tools that I have available to me now as a certified facilitator. Um, I even um, recognize myself as an interpersonal workplace relationship expert. Um, helping people to relate interpersonally. And I do bring my faith into it. So um, I love to talk on the issue, coach, and educate on the issue of authentic appreciation in the workplace. Thank you so much. Great. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Dr. Paul White and Alicia Alexander about what we can do in the workplace, um, how appreciation makes a difference even on a tight budget. How do you increase loyalty? How do you reduce cynicism? And what do you do with those difficult colleagues? We talked a little bit about that, but we can talk more about the difficult colleagues and just how we use these And how do we know what that person, which language that person speaks if they're not telling us? What are the signals? So we'll ask that next after the break. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The soul of enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On Next at the Mike Radio, Voice America producer and host Bonnie D. Invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with Voice America's longtime new and upcoming hosts. Tune in as she uncovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, how they define success, handle challenges, and more. To inspire you to think out of the box and find your own mic. Enjoy Bonnie D.'s always lively spotlight conversations on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ooh, how those lips can talk. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com 
Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are talking about the five languages of appreciation in the workplace based on the number one New York Times bestselling book, The Five Love Languages. And the five languages of appreciation in the workplace are co-authored by Dr. Gary Chapman and Dr. Paul White. And um, and we are talking today about how do we use these languages? And the question that I have for you, Dr. White and Alicia also is, how do we know which of these five languages someone resonates with? I mean, we, you know, we don't go up to, up to them and say, well, do you like gifts or do you like words of appreciation? I mean, how do we know? And to complicate this a little more, how do we know when we're in a hybrid or remote situation where we don't have all of our body language, right? We have maybe from, you know, the chest up to look at and we don't have all of that body language. So speak to that, please. Yeah. So uh, it is, it, is an interesting challenge and different than the five love languages because five love languages, you're interacting with people uh, in a lot of different settings and see them. And um, Dr. Chapman, you know, advocates one is, you know, what they use. uh, That's not always what they want, but uh, what they use, but also you can ask and try out in personal relationships at work. It's a weird question to say, you know, if I want to show you appreciation, how should I do that? That's just weird. And you don't get much. People usually say, I don't know, tell me thanks, you know, and that's about all you get. So, um, and there's not that many data points to observe in the workplace as far as what they're doing or receiving appreciation. So that's why we developed the inventory um, and actually, you know, provide a code for each book that people buy um, because it really broadens the repertoire of what all um, people are allowed to choose from. Uh, and we do sort of a forced choice between different actions within the, the languages. And so that's sort of been the, the, the way to do it. The one sort of side door is um, maybe uh, appreciation and encouragement, I think are very similar appreciations in our thought is uh, about the past. We appreciate what somebody has done or demonstrated encouragement is about the present and the future and people are more comfortable talking about when they're discouraged or what can encourage them. And so you might say, you know, when you're discouraged, what's something that I or the team can do to encourage you might get some uh, helpful responses there, but we've really found the inventory to be the most helpful. And we've created different versions because the actions differ across industries, medical schools, government, nonprofits and ministries. And, and we have one for remote and hybrid workers because quality time looks different for remote workers um, than it does face-to-face. Um, and so that's sort of how we get a, around it and then uh, get to the specific actions that the, the people want that way. Mm-hmm. By, so it's a lot of observation. It's really, it's less about observation because one of the things that we found is that what people communicate, especially for gift givers, there are a lot of people that like to give gifts, but they don't necessarily enjoy receiving gifts that much. Mm -hmm. So it's really sort of this, and it's a, you know, scientifically based uh, inventory that we've published lots of research with hundreds of thousands of people uh, to find out uh, and that it's both a reliable and a valid instrument to to identify from team members. And it's, it's quick and easy. I mean, it takes 15 to 20 minutes to take online uh, and it creates an individual report right there as well as we can create a group summary report for a team so they know how to show appreciation to one another. Which is really great because then there's no guessing. Right. Right. And no mistake. Like, oh, I really didn't like that gift. And then your feelings are hurt. (laughs) Yeah. We actually, in our expanded version, we actually ask people to identify the ways they don't want to be shown appreciation so that you don't, uh, you know, mistakenly uh, make an error, uh, even with good intent. Yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, I think that um, missing the mark is, is when we don't communicate what our true feeling is on the topic of appreciation. So somebody's so in conversation and they're talking about how they gave a gift, they may not like to receive a gift, but they may want to receive as a written thank you and, and showing words of affirmation. So that may be their 
primary or secondary uh, appreciation language, but communicating that appreciation and showing it um, is vitally important because, you know, it's just a matter of conveying their appreciation to the next person. Yeah, one of the things we don't want is for people to waste time and energy doing things that aren't meaningful to the recipient, because that's sort of a a weird experience that somebody keeps stopping by to spend time with you, and you really don't want to spend time with them. Um, uh, And um, that way, you don't have sort of that miscommunication. Then you're frustrated, they're frustrated because they keep saying, well, I stop by and see you all the time, or I I say thanks or tell you thanks. But there are some people that words aren't important to them. I mean, that their mm-hmm. mantra sort of is, you know, don't uh, tell me you care about me. me, show me, or tell words me. are cheap. And yeah. so y- you've got to get that right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then when someone uses your inventory or your program in the workplace, then you always assess the team. So, you know, going in ahead of time. Yes. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's, um, that's just sort of the foundational. And, and what's interesting is, you know, uh, Patricia, a lot of supervisors and managers have taken different personality assessments, whether it's the Myers-Briggs or the Strength Finders, yes. whatever. Yeah. But a lot of frontline workers haven't. Um, and they really enjoy taking this. And it's sort of a sense of self-discovery of, you know, that is true. I like this. Or it's true. I really don't want to like this. Um, one, of, one of the things we found is that on average, 40% of employees don't want to go up in front of a large group to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had one uh, CFO tell me, she said, you know, I, uh, she got Employee of the Year Award and she spent 15 to 20 minutes in the bathroom throwing up prior to wow. getting the award just because she was so anxious about it. And so uh-huh. obviously we don't want to do things that create negatives and we want to use our time and energy well and hit the mark. I, you know, I think that's a very interesting point you made, particularly for people who have the opposite reaction. What I mean by that is someone who can't wait to get up there and be recognized, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the sensitivity of, gee, I'm giving this to someone else. Isn't that great? And they're scared. And we had no idea because right. it's such a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to receive a, a handwritten note from a colleague uh, that specifically tells, you know, how much they value can be really impactful for some people. They save it in a file for years, you know, and for other people, they're like, yeah, you know, you know, next time I'm fighting a deadline, it'd be nice to see a little help rather than just telling me. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Alicia, anything you'd like to add to that? I think that Dr. Paul White sharing us, sharing with the, that information with us is so vital um, you know, the experience of having opposite reactions to an appreciation or a, a, a recognition is not the same as getting a genuine appreciation. Right. It's the difference between the two, whether being recognized at an award banquet, which they're scared to go to, instead of saying in the appreciation in the workplace, in the work, in the office environment, um, which is um, what they really want instead of the, reckon, the, the big hoopla. And that, that, Dr. White, that's a good point, Lisa, you made. What she's saying is that some people might like the recognition, but not in a big group. They want it in their small team. They don't want it in front of 300 people that they don't know personally. Right. Yeah, and that goes to the actions within, say, words of affirmation. We let people choose, you know, I'd, I'd like a private note from my uh, teammate. Uh, let's say, you know, I don't mind uh, being recognized in front of my colleagues, like on a conference call. Uh, but and some people say, you know, I'm fine in front of a large group. And we let them identify that. Um, and also from whom they want the recognition. I mean, some people might want to get together on the weekend and, and feel valued by watching a sporting event together, but they don't want to invite their supervisor. So we let them choose the the people in the role as well as the action. Okay. All right. We're coming to the close of our interview, which has been wonderful. And I'm going to ask for closing thoughts. So um, Dr. White, you're closing. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? 
Well, I think it's important, and I've worked with a lot of groups that um, the leaders mean well, and sometimes I work with uh, computer science people or engineers or math people, and they like to think big and have big systems and all that. But I just say, start somewhere with somebody. Um, and it, it's good to start with the people you work with on a day-to-day basis, and especially the people that if they didn't do what they did, your life would be a lot more difficult. Um, or maybe somebody that uh, is discouraged and you just know they're working hard, but they keep sort of running into obstacles. Uh, just give them a, a word or an act of encouragement and, and start somewhere. It's, it, it's sort of like the first step and then figure out the next steps after that. Thank you. Alicia, your closing thoughts. I, I second that start somewhere. Um, basic communication, just being able to open the lines of communication and finding out how they value appreciation because like I said you know we all have intrinsic value we all want to feel appreciated and um having the the different tools that I use at appreciation at work um the the five languages of appreciation in the workplace having that book having the assessment um the MBA inventory um, those are important tools to help you discover what that person's primary, secondary appreciation language is. But where we start is important, just having the communication. Yeah. Thank you both so much for being on the program. And I know, Dr. White, you said you can get the book on Amazon, The Five right. Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And your website, Alicia, is again... Make a Difference Consulting. And my email is alicia at makeadifferenceconsulting.com. Okay, great. Thank you. And um, Dr. White, if people want to contact you or write to you, do they do it through the website? Yeah, actually, you know, Patricia, if they want to contact me directly, um, they can just go to, uh, I have a sort of specific one for podcasts. It's just yes, Dr. Paul, yes, D-R-P-A-U-L at gmail.com and uh, put uh, your name in the subject line because I get diff- uh, communication from different podcasts. I'd be glad to to communicate with them. Oh, that's great. Yes, dot Dr. Paul. No, just yes, Dr. Paul at gmail.com. That's great. That's cool. Thank you both so much. Stay on the line for a minute. Thank you both so much for being on. It was enlightening and fun and and um, and encouraging and positive and inspiring. All of those. All oh, right, folks. All right, folks, remember, um, you can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. If you're thinking of doing your own podcast, I've interviewed over 5,000 guest experts in my career, and I'd love to help you. So again, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.